Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for March 10th, 2022. Inflation continues to weigh on the economy, which just started to recover from broken supply chains, but is now being hit by the impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Nationwide's chief economist, David Burson, and senior economist, Ben Ayers, provide their analysis of the recent CPI report, what's driving inflation up, and when conditions may improve. And now, here's David Burson. Hi, we're here today to talk about all things inflation. We got the February Consumer Price Index today, and uh, the growth rate over the last year rose to a new 40-year high. So with me today is Ben Ayers, who's going to talk about the details of that report. So Ben, what, what do you want to tell us about CPI report today? Why was it up so much? Well, consumer inflation remained very hot in February. In particular, we saw another spike in food, but particularly gasoline prices. And I don't think that's a surprise given what we saw with oil prices and energy costs at the end of February in response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but also reflecting those continued supply chain disruptions across the economy as well, particularly on the transportation of food and other types of items. You know, when you look at the core CPI, you know, the it rose about 0.5%, so a little bit slower than what we've seen over the past couple months. But yet again, still a lot of upward pressure there. In particular, we're seeing a building pressure on the shelter side as we see the reflection of much higher house prices, much higher rents across the housing sector flowing into the consumer price indices. But really, the top line number Overall CPI up 0.8% in February. Again, a very strong number. We've seen five straight months of at least 0.6% increases for the overall CPI. Very strong numbers, pushing up that headline inflation number to 7.9%, which, as you mentioned, is the highest level we've seen since January 1982. Well, that's not very positive news. Was there anything in the CPI report that was better than anything go down in price? We did see uh, potentially some early signs of abating of the inflationary pressure from supply chains. Used car prices did dip modestly, and we saw a much slower gain for new car prices. So potentially there are some early signs there, um, but yet again, quite early and uh, not probably seeing a whole lot of positive momentum there. We saw a, you know, a couple month dip in the used car prices a year ago or so, and so that and then it came back up strongly again. So unfortunately, still a lot of pressure there. I would also add one other factor for February, the push car up uh, inflationary numbers was airline fares. As we continue to see that sector rebound and right size and a lot more demand for travel as those pandemic concerns fade, we saw a big jump in those airline costs as well. Well, let me add to the pessimism here. You know, the survey for the, the CPI was done really before the Russian invasion while markets perhaps are looking ahead to that, I think the a lot of the big gains that we've seen in gasoline prices, wheat futures, and other commodity prices, for the most part, occurred after the data was collected for uh, for the consumer price index. What do you think that means for the March CPI report? Well, it probably means we're not at the peak yet. Um, if you look at the latest estimates from this week from the Cleveland Federal Reserve. 
they're expecting about a 1% increase at this stage for March, and that could go higher depending on what we see with energy costs over the rest of the month, obviously only being you know, about a third of the way through the month right now. So it probably means higher inflationary readings for at least March and maybe into April as well. You know, we're sitting right below 8% given what the CPI went up last March and April. We're certainly expecting it to go above 8% over the next two months, maybe even up to 9% with a, some high side potential there, given what we've seen. You know, hopefully we'll see things fade after that and, and kind of continue the path downward that we've been expecting for quite some time. But because of the spike in energy prices and commodity prices, we're not quite at the peak yet. And we're probably going to see some even faster readings as we look ahead to March and maybe into April as well. well as a younger economist in the late 70s and early 80s, very painful period. And I was Really hoping I wouldn't see double-digit inflation gains, at least not for trend inflation, uh, again for my lifetime. And we may not get there. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. But we're getting perilously close to that. Now, David, I did want to ask you. You know, obviously we continue to track the supply chain impacts, and you know, certainly the energy price impact here from from oil coming up very recently. You know, when you look deeper, though, we're starting to see some pressure on the services side, particularly on the shelter component. What is our outlook there and, and what is the path we see and how does that add to inflationary trends over the rest of this year and, and into 2023? Well, you, you mentioned earlier the uh, impact of higher rents and higher house prices in uh, CPI components. And, and that, that's correct. Unfortunately, we haven't yet seen any real moderation of those price trends. House price gains continue to go up at well in double digit rates, you know, 18, 19, 20% year over year rates. And those are even faster than during the housing boom of the, uh, of the mid 2000s. There's just simply not enough supply relative to the demand for homes pushing those prices up. But we can say the same thing overall for, for shelter. There aren't enough rental units either. There's simply not enough housing units out there for the demand. And so whether you're talking about house prices, whether you're talking about rents, they're going up sharply. And those do feed in in a sort of oblique way, but they do feed in to the CPI. So that portion of the CPI in um, shelter costs in, in the services component is likely to remain pretty hot for a while. And, you know, that's one of the larger components of the CPI. So, you know, yet again, when we look at the outlook here, you know, layering and obviously many of the geopolitical impacts that we're seeing, what do you see for inflation by the end of the year? Uh, and then do we still continue uh, decelerating as we look into 23? Well, you know, some supply chain components are easing. You noted the slower growth in new auto prices and the decline in, in used. Indeed, some of the surveys that precede the CPI, so we're getting some, some early data for March, suggest that used car prices are down again. And, and all of this indeed suggests that the computer chip shortages that the auto manufacturers were seeing aren't done, but they're easing some. So we're seeing more production, we're seeing more supply, and so price gains there are going up less quickly or even declining. And our projections for inflation for this year were that the supply chain problems would increasingly go away over the course of the year. They wouldn't completely 
disappeared this year. But but they would be less important as the year went on, helping to push overall inflation down. Now, other things pushing up inflation, you know, if you look fundamentally, what went on? Well, what causes price changes? Supply and demand. So demand in the economy grew very strongly over the last two years as we recovered from the, the COVID recession. Supply, well, we have supply chain problems. So supply is not recovered nearly as much as demand has. And so that's pushed, that combination has pushed inflation up. As we look ahead to the rest of this year, while demand growth is still pretty good in the economy, it's not likely to be nearly as strong as what we saw in the period since the COVID recession ended. And, and that's slowing in demand pressures, particularly if we get some supply chain improvements, should mean that inflation will come down, or at least that was our thinking before the Russian invasion of, of uh, Ukraine and the negative supply shock from that. So negative supply shocks act to both push up inflation and a slow economic growth. It's hard to know at this point whether the impact on overall inflation for the year will be to, to simply reduce the improvement in inflation that we expected, or indeed to push inflation higher. It will depend upon how long the supply shock lasts and how big it is. I mean, right now it's big, but hasn't lasted very long. Well, we don't know how long this is going to last because we don't know how long the war in Ukraine is going to last. We don't know how long sanctions on Russia will last. Uh, they may last for a long time, but there may be other supply that comes into the market, for example, with, with crude oil. So those things simply aren't knowable at this point. So there's great uncertainty about what's going to happen with these underlying drivers of inflation. How much will supply chains heal and how much will the Russian invasion of Ukraine offset that? Just modestly, a lot of it, or more than offset it and actually mean inflation will be higher this year than last year. Simply unknowable at this point. Yeah, I think I agree with all that. There's just so much uncertainty involved. You know, I think the the general narrative that because of the sh you know COVID shock on the entire economy continuing to fade, particularly the impact on supply chains, that we will see those inflationary trends start to decelerate. But as you mentioned, adding in this latest supply shock with, with regards to oil and several other commodities from um, the, the latest geopolitical news, it just layers in a lot of more uncertainty. You know, David, you know, I'd look beyond the near term. You know, we do expect that both of these big shocks will eventually fade. We don't know the timing of that, whether it will occur by the end of this year, whether it occurs you know, somewhere into 2023. But speak for a second about the, the longer term outlook that we expect for inflation, maybe in, say, the next two to four years. You know, when I look at the narrative, I see it shifting away from these commodity and goods prices and maybe over towards the services side. We've already seen a little bit of pop there in the shelter, um, but particularly given the expected very tight labor market, what do you see for the outlook for inflation beyond, say, these near-term shocks? And what do we see for, you know, compared against where we've seen inflation in the past? Well, we think inflation over the longer run will certainly be lower than it is right now. There are lots of cross currents. You know, as you noted, the labor market's very tight, and that's pushing wages up, and, and wage gains are good, but wage gains are only good if there's productivity growth to offset that and the impact of wage gains 
on uh, on business balance sheets. If if in fact you don't get productivity growth, then or not enough to offset the wage gains, then businesses will either lay workers off because they're not giving enough productivity, or they will raise prices, and then you get what economists would call a wage price spiral. You don't necessarily get that if productivity growth goes up. And indeed, there are signs that productivity growth has been moving higher. It's hard to measure productivity, particularly trend productivity. You need to measure it over multiple years, but it certainly looks as if productivity gains are increasing. Businesses are certainly investing more in new productivity enhancing equipment and, and new plants. And hopefully that means that productivity growth over the next several years will go up even more and allow more wage gains without them being inflationary. We do expect overall demand in the economy to slow. We're not going to see 5, 10, 15% economic growth. Now, for this year, we think economic growth, real GDP, come in at maybe 3.5%. Next year, 2 to 2.5%. Once you get growth slowing into the, the low to mid twos, it doesn't add a lot to inflationary pressures. Those are things that I think are positive for the longer term outlook for inflation. A negative for the longer term outlook for inflation, though, is one of the things that, that we learned with the COVID downturn and um, intensified now with the Russian invasion of Ukraine is a moving away from open markets worldwide, which certainly had the impact of keeping inflation lower. And, and moving from perhaps a, a just-in-time inventory practice for many firms, which kept costs down and prices low to consumers, to a just-in-case. Well, you know, I, I don't know if something's going to happen. I need to have inventories on hand or I need to have producers close at hand so that I don't have inventory shortages such as the automakers are, are have had over the last year. You know, you're not going to have lower prices if we move to that you will have more product to sell at all times but only at higher prices so you have these these cross currents we think the net effect will be that inflation will be lower look out over the next three to five years much lower than it is right now but still probably higher than what we saw in the pre-covid period because of this shift in in inventory management the shift in production from worldwide to from the, the, the cheapest possible place to now close to you so that you don't run out of things. I think that's probably been all the time we have for today. I think it's been a good discussion. One of the things that we're going to talk about next week is how the Fed responds to higher inflation. So in next week's podcast, our listeners can can listen for that. So Ben, thank you and thank you to all of our listeners out there. This podcast is for financial professional use only. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance.
We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.